0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضياءه وعافية الأبدان وشفائها when the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, relayed the message of Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, relating to, to Tawheed, the to this entailed teaching the people the correct belief with regard to the divine actions. And the divine power of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So during the lifetime of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, one of the companions became ill and had a wound, and that wound, blood was coming out of that wound with pus. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam instructed two doctors to heal the wound of the companion. Some of the companions were surprised, because throughout the years the Messenger of Allah وسلم, taught them reliance upon Allah So they were surprised when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was utilizing means, outward means, asbab. So they questioned the Messenger of Allah وسلم, regarding the use of medicine and this is the asbab al wurud the reason why the messenger of allah sallallahu mentioned in a famous hadith that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed uh, sent down diseases meaning the cause of the disease the creator of the disease is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for every disease allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down a cure this is a famous hadith but Commonly, people will mention the hadith. They will not mention the reason behind the hadith that a companion was ill. Now, most of us, alhamdulillah, are in a state of al-afiyah. What does al-afiyah mean? We are sitting in the masjid. Alhamdulillah, most of us do not have any ailment which would hinder us from attending the masjid. There are people within this community or uh, th- throughout the UK and throughout the world, who because of their illness would not be even able to attend the masjid for a prayer or for a lecture like this. This state that we are in is referred to as al-'aafiyah. And uh, they asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "What state should a person always ask for?" And he replied by saying, "Always ask for al-'aafiyah." Al-'aafiyah is in th- regarding three things. One is your physical body. Second is your mental state. Meaning because humoom, anxiety and worries is what is a form of illness which is largely ignored by the Muslim community in the UK. Largely ignored. And the third is your emotional state or spiritual state. Those are the uh, three states a person is in that they should always ask for al Afia, meaning, al-afiyah means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you in a good state, physically, mentally and spiritually. So when uh, people mention this hadith, the end of the hadith also mentions that the, every disease that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, is, he has sent down a cure. The exception that is mentioned is old age and death. These two exceptions are mentioned, meaning death is mentioned as a disease in the sense that it is a physical ailment, that the ruh, the spirit is taken out of the body. This was a teaching of the Messenger of Allah for those companions, that when they observe an illness, a physical ailment, because that particular companion had a wound, and pus was coming out, and blood was coming out, that they should carry, they should carry out acts of a medication, the uh, medical practice, and attempt to cure the person. Like if someone uh, is hungry, they eat food. If someone is thirsty, they drink water. Likewise, if someone needs to earn a living. They go out and they go and seek the asbab, the means by which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has created. If they do not do so, they will be sinful. Meaning, if a man sits at home or in the masjid, and he has dependents, people who depend on him, and he does not go out in the real world and work and earn a living, then he would be sinful. The Hadith states, bilmar'i ithman and yakut," that it's sufficient for a man as a sin. That he wastes away the people that he must sustain, his family. So, asbab, the person must take asbab. Likewise, with illnesses, if someone is ill, we take the outward means of curing them, which is uh, medicine. But when we discuss prophetic medicine, there are guidelines, usul, principles that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, laid out. Firstly, those principles are from Al Quranul Karim, Where we know Al Quranul Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That we reveal from this Quran that which is a cure, Shifa, and Rahmah, even mercy for the believers, l-muminin. وَلَا الظالمين إلا خسارة. It does not increase the wrongdoers except in a khasara meaning they will be in loss. if Because firstly they do not have belief in the Quran. So the first step in curing is from Al-Quranul Kareem. This is why one of the Salihin, the pious people, they mentioned that they were ill and they supplicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a cure when this person went to sleep he saw in the dream that an angel informs him of the six verses of cures which are found in al quranul kareem one of them was this verse another one and when i am ill he cures me and there are in total six verses where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions shifa these are known as Ayatul Shifa ayat-u-shifa, the six verses of curing. Does this curing entail only curing the physical outward ailments? The answer is no, it's for spiritual ailments also. But someone may say, how do I cure my outward ailments? If you have an impediment in speaking and someone writes down for you uh, on a bowl with saffron, you get saffron, you place saffron in water, in a small amount of water, you place saffron, and ink is created. If the water is warm, hot water will make uh, a saffron type ink. You get an ink pen which is empty of ink, because the, the ink that we use is poisonous. You use an empty ink pen or a stick, a small stick. You dip the stick or the ink pen into the saffron and you write on a paper or on a bowl the verses of shifa ayah to shifa if you write them on a bowl you place water in the bowl and you drink the water if you write them on a, on a piece of paper you write down the ayah to shifa and you place them in water and you drink from the water anyone who has strength of iman and true tawheed, strength of iman and belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create for him a cure Meaning, this is uh, a part of the spiritual aspect of curing. Uh, Is this separate and distinct from prophetic medicine? The answer is no, it is from prophetic medicine. Because when the famous story of the companion who went to a tribe, and meaning a group of companions, they went on a journey. During the journey, they they stopped and camped near a tribe, a pagan tribe. The pagan tribe did not host them, even though the culture of the Arabs was that if a stranger enters uh, the region, the tribe must host them. When they refused to host them during the night or during some part of the day, they brought a man and they said he has been bitten by a scorpion and the rest of the men have left the encampment and we have no way of curing him. So one of the companions recited Suratul Al-Fatiha, famous incident, multiple times. And each time he would finish Al-Fatiha, he would blow on the wound. And at the end, the man stood up the, as if he was untied, like an animal is untied and an animal shoots up, shoots away. This man got up and walked very quickly, meaning he was cured. So they went back to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who approved of the action and described Surah Al-Fatiha as Ashafiyah, the curing chapter. Now what does this entail? This entails that illnesses, physical ailments are linked with spiritual illnesses. But when does this occur? This occurs at the initial stage. Some ain, Ayn which is the bad eye the bad eye is an effect created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when does it occur it occurs when a person will stare at another person will not meaning he may admire something or may be jealous of something or envious of something and does not say masha an effect is created which can spiritually affect the person who is stared at, meaning the, the person who is observed, he can be affected. This can start initially as a small illness. But if that illness is not spiritually cured at the initial stages, this can become long-term disease. This can become a long-term illness. So many people die from different illnesses, but the initial stages of those illnesses may have been ain meaning the bad eye. The person gives a bad eye, and that affects the, the person who is observed. What did the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, what guidelines did He give for the bad eye? Firstly, if you observe something you like, He should always say, Allah, la quwwata illa billah. Even your own property. Meaning, someone has a nice car, they look at their own car, they can give their own car a'in. Next thing you know, they're driving over a bump and their car can hit a bump or can be hit by another car this is because of the ain so in some cases because they have not said marsha allah la quwwata illa billah this is the guidelines of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but likewise if the person who gave the ain is known then you make that person perform ablution and after he performs ablution the water that is collected he throws that water over his shoulder unto the person he gave the Ain to, the bad eye. Some people, when you mention this, they say, How can you know who gave the Ain? The answer is this can happen with parents. Parents can give the Ain to their own children, they will know they gave the Ain, the, the eye, to their own child. As someone may say, No, the Ain, the bad eye only occurs with people who are evil or dislike you. That is incorrect. Because once, one of the companions went out to swim. And when he removed his, uh, his clothing, another person who was admiring him did not say, Masha'Allah, this companion fell, fell down and nearly died. So they took him back to the Messenger of Allah The companion who had given the ain was commanded to perform ablution and to throw the water over his shoulder unto the body of the companion who had been struck by the bad eye. So if a parent gives the bad eye to his child, they should perform ablution, gather the water and throw the water over their shoulder unto the person who has the child in this case. Uh, some of the water, I mean, it will only be a small amount, the amount of water, unto the child or unto the person who has been struck with the bad eye. Another way of of telling a bad eye is if a person enters an area for the first time and as soon as he enters, he meets someone who stares at him and he feels ill and in some cases may even collapse. This is a sign of the bad eye. But the Ain, it starts as a spiritual problem, a spiritual illness, but eventually it can evolve into a physical (coughs) ailment. Some people have cancer. But the cancer can start from the Ayn and then evolve into the cancer. This is with regard to spiritual illnesses. But with regard to uh, medical uh, illnesses, which are of the physical nature, does reciting the Qur'an upon the patient benefit the patient? The answer is yes. Because when you recite the Qur'an, what happens is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, depending on the level of Iman and Tawheed, meaning true reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create the means by which the person is cured. Meaning even a wound, if a person has a wound, and you re- some people will say, what is the point of reciting on a wound, when a wound is healing through stitches? And the answer is that when you recite, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can create within the skin, the ability to heal quicker because of the recitation of the Quran. So never leave spiritual cures uh, alongside adopting medical cures. Of course, uh, the, they divide medicine into two types today. One is uh, what is termed as alternative medicine, which is traditionally known as homeopathic medicine. And then uh, what we have, uh, allopathic medicine, meaning what are the, the rules and regulations in Islam with regard to any medicine. That is what we term as being a nabawi meaning prophetic medicine, is how the Messenger of Allah وسلم, gave guidelines regarding medicine. With regard to medicine, some of the scholars of hadith mention a narration like Abu Nuaym mentions this narration that Sulaiman salam would everyday see a dream in which in that dream he would be shown a vision of a tree or a plant and the tree and the plant in the in the dream would inform him what benefit this tree or plant has in terms of medicinal benefit so when Sulaiman salam would wake up Sayyiduna Suleyman would command his scribes to write down the medicinal benefits of that plant. They would write down the medicinal benefit of that plant and eventually he had compiled an encyclopedia of all the benefits of different plants, shrubs and herbs and different types of plants, which today is known as homeopathic medicine. Even though most of homeopathic medicine is dismissed today, but the royal family have homeopathic uh, medical doctors for themselves. So the NHS will not approve except in very rare instances of homeopathic medicine, but the royal family will have a a medical doctor who practices homeopathy. But how can a person validate this type of medicine through personal experience? Many of you would know that where we come from in Kashmir or other places, they have in the country areas what we would call hakims, and in the old times uh, up until today the hakims would give practical medicines that when you would take the medicine you would actually feel better and some people may say this is the placebo effect this is incorrect personal experience that i have had is at the age of 13 i had jaundice When I had jaundice here in the UK, jaundice is a rare disease, except in newborn children, amongst adults or amongst teenagers, jaundice is a rare illness. The medicine that was given to me by the doctors here did not give any cure. In fact, it made me feel worse. Eventually, my father took me to an area in Birmingham where there was a Sikh homeopathic doctor and he gave small sachets in a container. Those small sachets, he said every morning, have a one sachet and drink water over the sachet. When I took the sachets home, he had them numbered. Number one, number two, number three. The first one I took was sweet. The next day, the second one, slightly bitter. Then every day as the medicine, I would take the medicine, the sachets, by their numbers the medicine would become bitter and bitter eventually what started happening is that my body evacuated all the jaundice through homeopathic medicine not through the the medicine prescribed by the nhs when i took the medicine prescribed by the nhs before that the water that i would pass was blood there was no cure the 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 sikh doctor ordered me to stop taking the nhs medicine and only take the homeopathic medicine and due to that i was cured and this is only one experience but there was another experience Early, a year earlier when i was in kashmir in the summer season you have mangoes that do not ripe yes which we call what what do they call them they have a name for the small green mangoes. Chote jaye mangoon and. Angdi, ne chonya kanda. There is a kanda inside this uh, uh, So they gave. Ji. Uh, um, Ji. The small green mangoes that have not ripened. You're not supposed to eat these. So the locals will tell you, what the youngsters do, they become experts at eating those small mangoes. They eat the mango, but the elders will tell them, do not eat the mangoes, because if you eat the what they call the kanda. if you eat that, it will cause illness. So me being a British boy, not being raised in Pakistan, I imitated the local boys, I took the mango and ate the entire mango. So what happened? The effect of what they call what they call the khanda. The kunda is basically the seed of the mango, which has not ripened. So when you eat that, this will have a drastic effect on your liver, a drastic effect on your stomach. But how did they cure this? They knew the illness, so they would go and find the appropriate shrub or the appropriate plant for the person to eat and then he, he would be cured. And they had another method of rubbing the stomach from that area, which would cure. Now these things would be dismissed in the NHS. A common example here in the UK, in, when you were children, do you remember if you, someone would fall into a nettles, what they would call stingers, if you fell into nettles, what would you do? You would get a duck leaf. A, per, a person would get a dark leaf and what would they do with the dark leaf? They would rub the skin with the dark leaf and that would remove the effect of the nettles. Why the dark leaf? If you notice, the dark leaves would grow next to the nettles. Wherever you would have nettles, you would have a duck leaf. This shows that the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal any illness or disease except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a cure. Is, we are eyewitnesses to this with the dock leaf, that next to the nettles you have a leaf. And this is why pharmaceutical companies, they would finish if the cures for different diseases were revealed. But the hadith continues. Alimahu man alimahu. Man the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that for each illness which there is a cure, those who know, they know. Alimahu man alimahu. Man jahilahu. Those who are ignorant of the cure are ignorant of the cure. So having a monopoly of the ignorance of people in terms of cures for different ailments is one of the... Uh, hallmarks of modern uh, the modern age the new world order and uh, the uh, corporations that run modern medicine but with the cutting down of the amazon forest the doing away of the amazon forest the doing away of rural life by having cities made and people from the rural areas being moved from the r- cities into the uh, fr- from the country areas into the cities this knowledge is also being lost people do not retain that knowledge. Meaning, what that Sikh uh, homeopath made for me, that knowledge is a rare knowledge. But you will find in parts of Punjab, in Indian Punjab, uh, Sikh homeopaths who still retain that knowledge. But also in other parts of the world, that where people retain the, uh, the knowledge of what plant or what cure, will give you a cure for a different ailment. There are so many different uh, ailments and cures for those ailments which people are familiar with. But the Messenger of Allah gave guidelines regarding that. For instance, the, the famous example is with honey. Now honey is a cure that in one hadith, uh, the Messenger of Allah said, whoever has three times honey for three days, at the and in one version of the same hadith, at the beginning of every month so when the new month starts the lunar month the lunar month when the new month starts in the first day a person takes some honey in the second day a person takes honey and on the third day a person takes honey the messenger of Allah وسلم, said Lam yusibhu bala'un, that nothing will afflict him for that month for that entire month now Uh, Some of the commentators, they say, Bala'un عَظِيمٌ Meaning, nothing tremendous will afflict him in that month. This is narrated by Abu Nuaym. So, the guidelines regarding, for instance, honey, that in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Nahl, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the bee. That the bee is such a creature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the bee how to find its way, what does the bee do? The bee goes from plant to plant, takes the nectar from every plant, meaning the benefits from every plant. After eating the, the, the pollen from all the plants, it goes back to its beehive. And the vomit of the bee is what? Honey. What benefits people? shifaul linnas is a cure for people. But how does that benefit? Where did the bee take the pollen from from the plants from the plants it would take the the pollen from the plants and that is what benefits people then what does the bee do the bee does a dance it does a dance and even richard dawkins the atheist mentions this in his book uh, river out of eden it does a dance when it does a dance it is giving the coordinates to the other bees as to where to go to find the plants of course, Richard Dawkins believes this is by evolution and over time, an uh, incremental uh, process by which the bee learnt this. But we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the bee to be as such. Then all the other bees go and find the pollen. But in this hadith, the same hadith, the, the first one, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu sallam, recommends in one variant of the hadith, Drink from the milk of cows. Drink from what? The milk of cows. If you stop there, you would not be able to understand this. But the hadith continues that these cows eat from different shrubs and herbs and plants. Meaning this is referring to specific type of cows. In the time of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, the cows that they had, they would release them. And, the, and this is the camels also, they would go eat from one tree, then from another tree, then from another tree, taking the different nutrients of those trees, that the milk became such that the milk would benefit people. Cow milk. Now people talk about different types of milk that we drink today. Of course, the farmers feed them only specific types of foods specific remember mad cow disease in 2000 when i went hajj one of the arabs who knew some english when he said to me he said this to me it was very funny he said explain to me why did the cows go mad in england mad cow disease and if you remember what did they do they would feed the cows uh, crushed bones and remnants of other dead creatures and when they ate the effect, it affected their mind. Why is mental health such a big issue today? What we are eating is affecting our minds. Meaning if you check NHS research, one fourth of people in the UK suffer from some type of mental illness. And Bertrand Russell said everyone has some form of madness, some (coughs) slight madness. But what we eat will affect our mental health, and this is a practical observation that the cows were eating uh, remains and they ended up going mad and we had the mad cow disease, but if the cows were eating pure things, the milk would benefit the people. Showing that throughout the guidelines, like the Messenger of Allah mentioned Al-Habbatu soda, the black seed, is a cure for every illness except death, in the Hadith, Assam meaning death. Uh, black seed and the research on black seed is something that Muslims have been looking into and need to continue researching. What uh, in Urdu they refer to as Kalanji. Yes, but what were, was the underlying reason of these guidelines? How was medicine viewed in that time? What they would do is that they would categorize the human body, in terms of its humors, the humors were four and the humors uh, were what wet and dry, hot and cold. So, maintaining a balance between wet and dry, n- the nature of, uh, of the human body, wet and dry, hot and cold, maintaining this balance is good health. If there is an imbalance, in the natures then there is an imbalance uh, and the person becomes ill there were four things within the human body that were studied one was black bile the second was yellow bile the third was the mucus or the phlegm and the fourth was the blood that if there is an imbalance in any of the four humours there is an imbalance with these uh, chemicals of the body these chemicals that are inside of the body and if you notice physical illnesses tend to have some of the traits that the doctors uh, of the previous ages would mention meaning uh, there's many books on this mukhtasar qalyubi and others they mention the traits which a person uh, where you can observe a person and tell from the uh, from looking at them what type of illness they may have what they would do is they may even check sometimes the pulse and by the way this is a disclaimer for anyone who thinks that uh, there may be people in the audience who are or who are listening thinking that uh, I am a doctor and I'm here to cure people no this is just for general knowledge they would check the pulse to see the level of uh, the the pulse of the blood in order to see whether the humor of the blood is high, meaning if blood pressure is high, then heat is increased. Today, some of the terms that we use in modern medicine are the same things like checking blood pressure. If heat is increasing, meaning uh, some people who deny homeopathic methods or traditional medicine, they would have to acknowledge some of those things like If someone has high blood pressure and they eat certain types of foods what will happen the blood pressure will go high like if they eat almonds if someone eats nuts what happens with nuts heat is increased and blood pressure is increased so what does this tell us regarding nuts that nuts have a certain type of nature that foods have a certain type of nature which affects the health now someone may say, how does this relate to, for instance, a brain tumor or, a, or cancer or modern illnesses or what people call modern illnesses, even though in previous times those illnesses uh, may have existed also but were, undisco- were undiscovered at the time. What they believed in that time, so you, you have to remember in the Arabian Peninsula in the time of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the common types of medicine was Greek medicine and uh, the medicine that was coming from the the Byzantine Empire which was the Eastern Roman Empire when they would observe these humors in an individual if any if there was an imbalance different types of humors would lead to different types of physical ailments which were including things what we call tumors if someone had a tumor the doctor would investigate, I meaning some people have uh, bumps on their heads and uh, different types of things. The doctor would, the hakim, what we call hakim, they would measure, they would check the person's temperature. They would te- check his diet they, and also the region in which the person lived. The climbs, the climbs were divided into seven categories, seven categories of the climbs and the climate that you live in also affects your health in a different way. For instance, Hijama is a Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Hijama is uh, cupping. And there are different ways of cupping. Uh, what they do is, uh, the most common is they get a cup or a glass, burn a piece of paper in the glass in order to remove all the air, so the, the oxygen is removed and then they place the cup at the the point where the person wants the hijama done so this practice is a sunnah and then what would happen the blood gathers at that point pressure point and then uh, you use some antiseptic and a, a sterilized uh, blade and they will make a slight cut in the skin and then what will happen the blood will start filling in into the cup when you look at the blood the blood will be thick this is known as cupping cupping is a sunnah but and there there is another way where they may use the mouth so they place a horn on the place the person sucks in the air and then quickly seals the horn and then what will happen the blood and this is why it was deemed a low occupation This is why it was deemed a low occupation, even in the time of the Messenger of Allah Then the horn will fill up with blood. Now, this practice, outwardly, someone may read Bukhari or some of the works of Hadith and say, yes, I will do cupping. Cupping, if you do cupping in that way, you will attain the Barakah, blessings of following the Sunnah. There is no denial. But there is a fiqh and understanding of where the cupping should be done. And this is not mentioned by one scholar, for instance, al Ibrahim Al-Bajuri mentions it in his commentary on Shamail, but al Muhammad bin Yusuf al sanusi also mentions this, that this type of cupping is done in the hot climb, like the 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 climb of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, meaning in Makkah, Al-Mukarramah and Al-Madinat al munawwarah in that area just above the equator. Because if you go on to the equator, The area on the equator is a tropical area. The areas on the equator are tropical, it rains. But when you go just above the equator, people tend to think the equator is the hottest. But if you go just above the equator, that is the hottest region like Libya and Saudi Arabia. These two countries have the hottest climates. So the cupping is for those hot climates. But what would happen if a person is living in Makkah al-Mukarramah and he's eating hot foods like fish Fish has a hot uh, effect meaning on the body if you don't believe this Try this yourself you try eating certain types of foods. What will happen to you at night? You will burst out in sweats Why because of the nature of the food? If you eat for instance cheddar cheese eat raw cheese and you will have vivid dreams scary vivid, vivid dreams just the effect of cheddar cheese if you eat r- raw cheese after eating the raw cheese and you go to sleep you will have different types of dreams this is why dream interpretation is intricately linked with this subject because when a person comes to you with a dream and they say i saw this dream for instance they saw a dream and it was raining and when a person who has knowledge of this subject will check their nature meaning the of the person they find out that phlegm, the person has a lot of phlegm, uh, a person who has a phlegmy nature, what will happen is that they will f- have excessive sleep. And th- there are other elements. Then the, the dream interpreter will realize that this dream has only been visualized by this person because of his nature. طبيع. I mean, there's no interpretation. And this is why Imam Muhammad bin Sirim. Rahimahullah Taala who passed away in the year one hundred and ten. This is why he would only interpret one out of every forty uh, dreams. Out of every forty dreams, he would only interpret one uh, dream because sometimes the dream is from the nature of the person. So when we study Atibun Nabawi, prophetic medicine, and we read these Hadith, those Hadith are relating. Meaning, when it comes to foods, different types of foods, honey, for instance is a cure generally that's the general rule but if you uh, if a person with jaundice like I had jaundice if, if a person with jaundice eats honey for a cure what will happen the jaundice will increase why because jaundice is is caused by the yellow bile an increase of the yellow bile in the liver causes jaundice by eating honey honey increases heat and causes excessive heat in the liver and this would damage the liver and a person would the jaundice would be increased if people do not accept this they can test these things for themselves meaning if a person with jaundice doesn't believe this if they try eating honey it will affect them so different types of foods will affect people in different types of ways do these foods have a different effect on different illnesses the answer is yes because of the nature of those foods so cucumber for instance would have a cold and wet nature but seasons also have an effect this is why seasonal food (coughs) is a must for people to realize that there are different foods for different seasons for instance where we come from in Kashmir do you know there's a unique uh, dish uh, Badamani Badamani Chit, what we call Badamani Chit, yes, Uh, Badamani curry. Do they have this dish in Punjab? See, he's a Punjabi, he knows. They don't have this dish in Punjab. Why do they not have this dish in Punjab? Because the cold of Kashmir is different to the cold of Punjab. When we eat uh, in Kashmir, it's really cold. So what do they do? They get almonds, crush the almonds and they make a water dish with almonds. Why? Because it keeps you warm in the winter. Likewise, different foods in different localities. Um, some of the people may have lost this knowledge now. Why? Because of corporations. Like you go to Makkah al-Mukarrama and you have a KFC. You have a McDonald's. But if you went hundreds of years ago, you would eat the local food. And the locals would know what is good for you, because of the heat. So when people come from abroad, and they settle in Makkah Al-Mukarramah for the Hajj, some of them will become ill. Why? Because they are eating the wrong types of food. The food which is not appropriate for that climate. But of course, despite all the corporations, the Barakah, the blessings of the Messenger of Allah is such, that in Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi to this day, during the month of Ramadan, people are still given bread and yoghurt. Meaning the iftar in Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi al-Sharif, the best iftar you will ever have. But that food that we have in Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi al-Sharif, to this day, they do not allow any other type of food. Yoghurt is suitable for that climate. But there are certain types of food which are suitable in every climate, like bread. Bread is a food that is suitable in every climate, meat, certain types of vegetables. But there are certain things that can be harmful for a person eating those types of foods in those climates. An example is Tamar, dates. Now the the hadith states that if a person eats ajwa, one ajwa, an odd number of ajwa in the morning, what will happen? Uh, He will safeguard himself from sihr, from magic when they investigated ajwa, or the dates in general you will note that the dates are the only fruit in the world that have protein it's a fruit but it has protein you can live on uh, dates this explains why the companions were able to live on dates but the ajwa has nutrients different types of nutrients but if someone again has a high uh, uh, has diabetes you do not give him honey you do not give him uh, the dates. Why? Because the high sugar content, natural sugar, what will happen? The the diabetes will be affected. So the doctor who would study all of these things would know where to give what food and what to give the amount to give. Uh, so this common practice of where people are reading some of these hadith and misapplying them, <coughs> yes you can attain the barakah of the hadith by having copying done But you need to be careful, because if a person has high blood pressure and they do cupping, what will happen? They will bleed to death. There are certain people who have heart ailments that their blood is thinned thinned out. If they do not take certain types of medication, if they cut themselves, they will continue bleeding until they die. These things should only be practiced by professionals. Was this stated by the Messenger of Allah? The answer is yes. When the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi was residing in Makkah Al-Mukarramah, a man heard about the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi from the Quraysh. They said regarding the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi foul things, so this man claimed to be a doctor. And he said to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will cure you. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi rejected his claim to being a medical professional denying his credentials, showing that if a person approaches uh, someone who claims to know uh, to be a Hakim, a person who is a health professional, whether in uh, current medicine or whether in homeopathic medicine, those qualifications of the person must have uh, Being verified. If the qualifications are not verified, you should not take a cure from such people, because some of them uh, in Pakistan, they make medicines and they claim that those medicines have different effects, but in reality, they may be using harmful drugs. Yes, so this uh, the prophetic medicine should not be confused with those homeopaths who misuse these signs. Are there any additional spiritual cures for illnesses aside from reciting al karim kareem Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu states, once he was lying down in the masjid of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam questioned him, saying, do you have a pain? Meaning in the stomach. This hadith, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke in Farsi and used the word dard. The actual term used is dard. The variant of the hadith can be found in the, in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, showing that some of the words of Farsi were in the Arabian Peninsula. I mean, the word Dard is in Urdu also. Yes, in, uh, in the Indian subcontinent, the Dard meaning pain. He said, Yes, my stomach is hurting. So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Stand up and pray Salah, because in Salah there is a cure. Meaning, this hadith, even though it's an isolated hadith, meaning gharib, one narration, has <coughs> a major guideline for Muslims today that one of the ways of curing ourselves from many illnesses is, is through ibadah. This is why the hadith states, wa which means what? Fast and attain good health. wa and we know the benefits of fast. That by fasting, the ma'ida, meaning what's the ma'ida, the stomach, is given a rest. <coughs> and in one narration ascribed to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu even though the scholars of hadith say it's uh, it's not a saying of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu it's a saying of the the early Arab physicians, meaning doctors in that time is Al-Ma'dah, the, the Ma'dah, meaning the bowels of a person are the source of every illness, the diet of a person, I mean, this is a principle. The illness is found in the stomach, whatever you may eat, that effect of whatever you may eat, and how you eat, and how much you eat, and when you eat, and where you eat, will have an effect on your physical health. In one hadith, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentioned the effect of al-humum worries and anxiety on the physical health. الهموم, worries and anxiety on the physical health. But the elders would say that if a person keeps the mind free and the feet busy he will stay free from all illnesses what does this mean it means the mind free of worries and stress anxiety which is very common people worry about the future they worry about different things and they keep the feet active by walking and running and doing different types of exercises and you keep the bowels al and as what you watch what you your food intake, what you eat, how you eat, when you eat, what you eat, and the amount you eat. And we know the famous hadith that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that if you need to eat, then fill one third of the stomach with food, one third with water, and one third with air. These are guidelines of the Messenger of Allah One last and final thing which I, I will mention is the qiyamul layl that qiyamul layl is standing up in the night any portion of the night and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one hadith of the messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells us the benefit of doing qiyamul layl and one of the benefits was that you shall retain your health you shall retain good health in the, se- in the hadith that mentions the stomach, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, decrease the food intake and laziness will be removed. So, if someone wants to perform Qiyamul Layl, they should decrease the food intake. Uh, meaning, decreasing doesn't mean uh, decreasing to the point where a person is physically weak. No, they should eat, but they should not be gluttonous in their eating. This will help them in doing Qiyamul Layl. Qiyamul Layl maintains their good health. Meaning, a person if he stands up in the night, he performs nawafil and worships Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Keeps the mind free from anxiety and worries, and likewise keeps the feet active. Keeps the feet active, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala shall give him good health. He he shall not suffer from heart problems or diabetes or these different types of illnesses which affect people today. Many of our elders lived up to the age of 95, past, some of them past the age of 95. How did they maintain this good health? By keeping physical, uh, doing work and also maintaining a diet which did not have many of these things that people eat today and consume today. I ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to enable us to maintaining a good and healthy diet and to uh, to maintain basic knowledge regarding prophetic guidelines uh, on medicine, Uh, recommended reading on medicine in English. Uh, One is uh, the book of uh, Imam Suyuti translated uh, or edited by Ahmed Thompson. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed Thompson, he has edited a book by Imam Suyuti on prophetic medicine, a good read. Uh, an additional book is the work of Ibn Qayyim al-Jazuli, which has uh, a few translations. It's a good book. It's a um, a chapter from his uh, from one of his other works. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to enable us to have beneficial knowledge, Amen. practical knowledge, Amen. that those things that we can practice on a daily uh, basis. qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi <laughs> wa lakum wa ilayhi. brothers inshallah have any questions for the shaykh feel free to stand open thank you very much for your talk um, you're very right about the food but the food that we eat last 20 30 years now was right eating takeaways could you just tell us a bit more about the foods that are mentioned in the Quran and the Prophet uh, the, that you spoke about you have covered a few but if you could tell us a few more please yeah. <laughs> what's mentioned in the Quran if you start from Surah al-Baqarah you'll find that when the Jews were wandering in the desert they mentioned onions yes onions now someone may think onions in what benefits do onions have of course onions is makruh when you come to the mosque because of the smell but something like onion kills the insects in the stomach onion is one of the benefits of onion likewise lentils are mentioned Adas in the quran generally the the nature of lentils is such that it's um, dry and cold that's the nature but there is a benefit of lentils mentioned in one of the hadith of the messenger of allah وسلم, regarding its barakah the blessings found in lentils it's a simple food imagine if someone if many people lived on a simple diet of rice with lentils, and then they worked during the day. How good will their health be? Just having uh, lentils. Additional to that, the obvious ones are like figs and olives. Figs and olives. Watini was uh Figs are the only. Uh, there's a few fruits that you can eat the entire content. Figs is one of those. Strawberries is another. You eat the entire fruit. Figs, the seed included. Uh, Zaytun, which is what? Olives. Multiple benefits of olive. The Messenger of Allah would apply olive onto the hair, but again, that's for warm climates. If you you use uh, excessive olive oil in cold climates, it's bad for the eyesight. But there are multiple benefits of Zaytun. Zaytun should be introduced into our diets. Olives. (coughs) Likewise, Pumpkin in Surah to Safat Sayyiduna uh, Sayyiduna Yunas Ali Saddam. What happened? He left the city of Ninawi, which is in Iraq, Iraq and Syria border. And he went to the Mediterranean Sea. And we know the long story, he was in the stomach of the whale. When the whale placed Yunus on the show, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions yaqteen, that he was placed under the pumpkin plant. Why under the pumpkin plant? Because the leaves of the pumpkin plant are good for the skin. When someone has lived in the stomach of a a whale for for a few days, what will happen to their skin? The skin will become sensitive and soft. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed Yunus Under the leaves of the pumpkin plant, why? Because the leaves of the pumpkin plant will protect his skin. That's, that's, that plant is known as yaqtin So, like this, uh, the uh, the uh, other pomegranate, rumman mentioned in Surah al-Rahman, the benefits of pomegranate, just the seed. If you, if you. Uh, Peel the pomegranate and take out all the seeds and eat. The benefits for people with blood pressure and diabetes are immense. Like this, every fruit and plant that is mentioned in the Quran, even banana, tr- uh, banana is mentioned. talhim in Suratul Al-Waqi'ah. talhim mandud? Some say it's the acacia tree, and others say it's the banana tree. So, like this, there are banana in its nature is dry and hot. There are beneficial things that can be, could be made with banana also, just with banana. Any other questions, brothers? So, Saddam. Yeah. Okay. You know, at the end, as you said that uh, alhamdulillah, the ibadah affects to the body, especially at the night time. What is if somebody is doing the hajjat and all five daily prayers? But from the same time he eats food is not aware of the effects to his body. Would the ibadah overcome all the bad effects to his body? This depends on how much ibadah he does. So if he's praying 100 nafal a night and he's eating a burger meal in the night, 100 nafal may burn it off. But if the burger meal is made from processed meat from the the food cooked by people who do not have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then it will affect his ibadah meaning eventually his ibadah may stop so the diet is essential when it comes to ibadah the best way of maintaining a good diet is, sti- is sticking to simple foods at home sticking to simple foods mm-hmm. oh. just, just asking about the honey. so if if i take a teaspoon of honey Three times uh, uh, in the at the beginning of the Islamic month, right? Then that's it. I should be protected from all diseases in that month. You do du'a and reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Yes, you do that, and you have reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Inshallah, Allah Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will protect you. Bless me by reciting Quran, it's already blessed, but you, you can recite Quran on the honey and then increase the benefit of the honey also. Jazallahu anna Sayyidina Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam maahu ahluh Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen